What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the UFC State of the Union podcast, episode 22. Episode 22. We're going to recap the Corey Sanhagen, um, Cheeto Vera card that just happened a little bit ago. And dang, I'm just going to start from the top, just going off just because the main event, probably the main, you know, controversial uh, topic that's going on here is that one judge that gave the fight to Cheeto Vera. I mean... Like, everyone is blowing that guy up on social media. Um, <laughs> there's even, like, outlets, like, looking into, like, who is this judge and stuff. Tons of, you know, MMA articles. I mean, for good reason. I mean, dang. Had that somehow gone split decision to Cheeto, even though I wanted Cheeto to win, I mean, that that would have been very bad. Like, that would have been some serious corruption there. And, um, yeah, I think it just kind of goes back to... I don't know why, like, this hasn't happened at this point yet, but commissions aren't being held accountable at all. Um, so that judge, it was Joel Ojeda, and this apparently was his first UFC card ever that he was judging. Um, he's, like, fairly new. He's he's judged, I think, some other stuff, you know, like Fury and Invicta. But as far as UFC, this is his first, and he's basically assigned to the main event. And, I mean, frick, man, it, it just kind of goes to show, like, I don't know what, because there were, there were some cards actually on this that actually had some weird, weird scorecards. But with this being the main event, like, commissions, what they're doing is they're not, they're assigning judges that are brand new. Or there are even judges that have corrupt track records. You know, your Chris Lee, Sal Amato that, you know, whenever they get named, you're like, oh, frick. And it's going decision and it's a close fight. You're like, oh, frick, this could go completely crazy whenever you hear like some names like that. And they just keep letting it happen. You know, I feel like at this point with how the UFC, how much exponential growth it has had and how they are, you know, top of the food chain. I feel like the UFC at this point should be able to tell the athletic commissions, hey, we need a standard for like being able to like, I don't know, vet the judges that you guys are assigning to us specifically. If there are judges that we notice have a corrupt track record, we should be able to voice and say, hey, we don't want those guys. If there are judges that are brand, brand new, we should also be able to voice our opinion, hey, Go maybe prove yourself a little, get, you know, some a legit tracker. Then we can review this and see if we, we could have you at the UFC. But the thing is, these athletic commissions, they're not being held accountable at all. So they reassign these boxing judges, brand new judges, judges with corrupt track records. And it just keeps happening. And, you know, there's, I, I want to say I've talked about this in previous episodes where, like, you know, there's always the discussion. People say, like, oh, well, the scoring system's the main thing. No, I, I really don't think the scoring system's the, the thing. The thing is the system that the athletic commissions are using to pick judges and how there's really no standard um, to be qualified to judge the highest level of the sport, which is the UFC. So, like, they're basically just assigning these judges once you're in the pool you can get assigned which there should be a proving ground to be able to get if you're to be able to fight in the ufc you have to prove your way to get there i think the same thing with judges to be able to judge the highest level i think you should have a proving ground and we just saw today brand new judge 
judging the main event. That shouldn't be happening. Get that out of here. Um, and so I really think that's the main thing that needs to happen. Um, just fix that, fix that system. And athletic commissions at this point, all that happens is even when judges have these corrupt scorecards and whatnot, they just get a slap on the wrist and then they get, you know, they might not judge for a week, but they'll get reassigned and just do it again. Happens with Saldi Amato, Chris Lee. The, you know, they did, they've been judging stuff for since the end of time, but they have, if you look into some, some cards they have for sure, there are a lot of controversial ones on their record. And so, yeah, that's kind of, it's kind of brutal there. Kind of recapping that fight just while I'm talking about it. I want to say I kind of called it um, last night when I when I dropped the episode, kind of predicting this card and recapping, um, basically saying like you know if Cheeto gave away rounds in the beginning, that's where he was going to kind of run into trouble because I feel like Corey was going to play it very safe if he got a lead, and that's pretty much you know simply put that is what happened you know, um, and I think one thing I noticed in this fight. Um, you had Marab and Aljamain Sterling in the crowd, and dang, they were probably both extremely happy seeing this fight, because in round one, round two, you see Corey Sanhagen using his ground game, you know, very easily taking, you know, taking Cheeto Vera down, having very easy success there, and, you know, with them seeing that, they're probably like, oh man, okay. This is gonna be if we if we go against Cheeto Vera somewhere down the line, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a wrap. Like we have better ground game than Corey Sandhagen, and then also you know, Aljo got the submission on Corey Sandhagen very fast, and so I think they already have the ground ground game advantage there, and so I really think them seeing this fight, it was probably exciting for both of them. Um, I did like the call out from Sanhagen though after, um, and it seemed like Marab would like it go Marab versus Sanhagen. I think that's an awesome fight, but at the same time, I feel like the, the ground game might overwhelm Sanhagen cause I think it's, um, it is a higher level of wrestling and he does when he goes against really good wrestlers. Um, he, he, he has gotten in some dangerous situations, or, or very high-level jujitsu. So um, we'll see what happens there. That's a good fight, though. I like that a lot. But kind of brings brings to my mind, thank goodness we got Cejudo coming to the rescue because I think that's really the style that you need to beat Marab and Aljamain Sterling. You need that offensive wrestling, the, the, the grappling to counter um, because, you know, Marab and Aljo, they're going to be shooting 10 trillion times. But if it's against someone that is an extremely good wrestler that can defend it, then now you're going to have a real fight, you know. And Henry's IQ, fight IQ is extremely high. So I think if I'm being bold here, I think he's going to make it easy look versus Algernon Sterling when that fight does happen. I really think he's going to beat him pretty easily. Um, but we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, and then just kind of looking down this card, um, I guess what would you do next for Cheeto Vera? I mean kind of interesting now um the options you would go there um i guess kind of wait and see how things pan out um it seems like i saw actually oh one fight they announced yesterday well 
it's it, it's rumored in the works. Dominic Cruz versus uh, Cody Garbrandt too. That's rumored to happen. International Fight Week. So that's I actually think that's an awesome one. I was thinking originally, you know, I think I even said it yesterday. I would like to see Jan versus um, uh, Jan versus Dominic Cruz as a possible matchup. But you know, I like that Cody Garbrandt. Um, Dominic Cruz sequel. That's a good one. Especially adding that to International Fight Week. It's a cool one. One thing you could do. I mean, he didn't take a lot. I mean, really didn't take much damage. I mean, you technically could go Cheeto Vera versus versus Jan. That's a, that's a good one. Um, see what happens there. Um, but also at the same time, another thing that you could do. Because O'Malley might be in a little. O'Malley might be kind of waiting. Waiting. Well, I think O'Malley's probably in a situation where he's probably going to get the winner of Aljamain Sterling versus Cejudo. And Cejudo's already mentioned if he does win, he's gonna he's gonna fight um, O'Malley afterwards. So that's probably what O'Malley's waiting on. Um, looking down this card, the rest of the things that kind of happened. You know, Holly Holm got the win. Um, she just signed a six fight deal yesterday. I was kind of joking about that yesterday. Um, Basically, all title fights, all main events, all co-main events. Well, now that she won today, next six fights, title shots, instant. And so, yep, Holly got the win there. So, see what happens next. Um, man, you got um, Land, <laughs> you got Nate the Train. Oh my goodness, that guy is ridiculous to watch. Just his interviews after he wins, man. That guy is very underrated. I would really like to see him get a rank, get some. Well, I guess they said in the post interview he was supposed to get a ranked opponent this fight, but I think um, I guess I I guess I missed that. I think Lingo might have been um, maybe a short notice replacement, but um, yeah, I really want to see um, Nate the Train get a ranked opponent next. It is interesting too. Um, he actually trains at the same same gym as colby covington and i've actually i think mentioned this on past up past episodes like or maybe his last fight or something that if you kind of compare there are some parallels there where he's like he's one of those guys that just has like crazy cardio if you don't take him out he's just relentless he just keeps going um and so that guy that guy's hilarious to watch um one of the things that really pissed me off this fight um this card was freaking alex perez that fight was versus manel cop that fight was gonna be awesome and not gonna lie i had freaking alex perez in my freaking draft kings lineup and of course this dude the king of pulling out of fights and cancels like gosh man at, i i'm at i'm at the point dude they should cut him 100 percent if you look at his record, this dude's got like 10 trillion cancels, and most of them are situations like this where he botches weight cut, he has medical issues, whatnot, like last, very last minute, and they have to scrap the fight or just reschedule stuff. And it's getting to a point where it's like similar to like, I don't know if you want to look up like Aspen Ladd when she was still in the UFC, where she had like freaking, I want to say like 10 cancels, something like that. If you look up his record, it's like, probably really close around there so it's like that's some people are like commenting like oh man like that's man this guy can't catch a break it's like dude at some point you gotta really look in the mirror it's it's that person's fault their their team and them is doing something weird if they keep having the same issue happening and they keep having to pull out of fights whether they're cutting too much weight whether they're just doing something i don't know doing something weird and trying to wing it 
Um, but yeah, at this point, I think this guy is kind of too much of a liability. Like he just keeps consistently pulling out of fights. And so I think, I think it's time, you know, maybe just give him, give him the boot, um, make him prove himself and come back. But yeah, it's, it's getting ridiculous. Like, I mean, as it's not fair to the other fighters that signed to fight him where they're preparing. And then now it's at that point, similar to like Aspen lad, where it's like, People don't want to really sign to fight them, even though technically they are ranked. But, like, there's such a high probability that that person won't make the show. Or they'll miss weight and basically cheat and kind of ask for, like, oh, I want, um, you know, I'll take the purse cut but still fight you. And it's like, nah, it's cheating. And so, I don't know, this guy, man, it's just kind of, I hate seeing situations like that where it's just, it keeps happening. And... Brutal, I would have won some money had he just not done that. But um, <laughs> regardless of that, it just kind of messed up that that keeps happening. Um, And then kind of looking at some of the, the rest of the fights that happened, you know, I think you had one of the most ridiculous comebacks I think we've ever seen um, <laughs> with CJ Vergara and Lacerda. Oh my goodness, to start the card, that was absolutely, the first two fights to start the card actually, Altamirano versus Salvador, and and Vergara versus Lacerda, those were like both like awesome fights, but the Vergara one was, holy crap, round one was probably a 10-8, he just, he is sprinting, he was going to be the first, I saw one tweet, it was like, he's going to be the first fighter to run a marathon in the octagon because he was legit getting tagged and then sprinting away. And, um, dang, that was just hilarious to see. But then there was kind of that talk about how, you know, Vergara does, I mean, um, sorry, Lacerda does have a kind of, kind of a weird gas tank when it goes into rounds two and three. And then that's exactly what happened. CJ Vergara was able to weather that storm rounds two he just kind of turned it up and then was able to, you know, get a finish. But that was one of the craziest comebacks I think I've ever seen. Like, the, ju- the judge gave him, I want to say it was Herzog, gave him every chance in the book in round one. I mean, there were probably times when maybe they, they, they probably would have stopped it and it wouldn't have really been controversial because he was legit running <laughs> from him. So I don't know if, if it did get stopped at that point. I don't know if anyone would have been like, oh, early stoppage because it's like the dude was taking serious damage but also legit running from the dude. <laughs> <laughs> and so we i don't think i've ever seen that like i mean you have seen like the sometimes you know they they kind of run back up real fast and run away but this dude was like legit sprinting around the octagon so that was that was crazy but yeah th- that was a good um good fight card tonight that we had uh it's gonna be interesting seeing what happens with the 135 pound division um you know it's gonna be interesting seeing i want to say um Oh, one matchup you can do. Macy Barber won her fight tonight. I think the one fight you could do there, that does make sense. Uh, Macy Barber versus uh, Casey O'Neill. That one actually, I think, does make a lot of sense. Um, But yeah, and then Manel Cop give him another ranked guy at 135. Um, And yeah, I think that's kind of like, yeah, kind of what I noticed there. Some good matchups. And we're going to kind of see what happens in the, you know, coming week. Um, if there's any more matchups that happen, I have a feeling we're going to see some more news come out. I want to say they're going to start stacking that. Um, I mean, we still got time, but I feel like they're going to start unloading, 
um, the International Fight Week card, like some of the fights on that, because that card's definitely going to start getting stacked. That's the one in July that's going to be Jones Stipe, and you know for a fact they're going to try and, you know, they want to give that, you know, some time to hype up. And so maybe maybe early April I could see them starting to go ham on that. Um, but yeah, um, we'll see kind of what happens, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Um, hope you guys have a good rest of your weekend. See ya.